Okay, everyone, welcome back to Where Are You Going Next? Podcast for travelers by travelers. And today I have another very interesting guest. Uh, the lovely Sarah is here to talk to me today, um, all the way from Wisconsin in the US of A. Uh, so, Sarah, could you please introduce yourself to everyone and tell us where they can find you online? Hi, I'm Sarah. I am the writer of the Creative and Ambitious podcast. It's like a lifestyle podcast, but a focus or a blog, but it focuses a lot on travel. Um, and you can find it at creativeandambitious.com or on Instagram, creativeandambitious. Thank you so much. And I love that name, by the way, creative and ambitious. <laughs> Both things I'm uh, aspiring to try and be. Um, so but you seem to be doing a very good job of it from the looks of uh, what you've been up to on instagram so everyone should definitely go uh check out sarah on instagram because there's some awesome stuff there for everyone to see uh so yeah let's just get straight into it sarah so have you been traveling your whole life or did you start traveling when you were older you know did you grow up with it tell us about this um, so I, I, when I was young, I traveled with my family, but it was mainly just like road trips. Um, I'm one of five. So traveling with a bigger family wasn't something that we did often. So it was mainly just road trips driving anywhere we could. <laughs> um, but I loved the road trips. Um, we've kind of went to different U.S. states. Like, so I've been to Tennessee and we drove all the way down to Florida. It was a three day road trip. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started doing road trips with my family when I was younger. And then the first time that I flew anywhere was actually my senior year of high school. So I was 17 when I flew for the first time and I flew down to the state of Georgia. So it was for like a conference that I was part of, but that was my first time flying and I absolutely loved it. So then I just kind of wanted to travel from there. Um, and I love traveling in Europe and that kind of grew from my studying abroad in Scotland. And I was actually like able to travel more when I was there. So I really loved that. Awesome. That's, that's a lot of good stuff to get into already. I love it. So first of all, three day road trip down to Florida. That sounds like a lot of time in a car. <laughs> yeah, it was three days continuous. We were in like an RV and my grandma was coming with us too. And we were all like between the ages of my oldest sister was probably like 12 <laughs> and youngest being like five. So pretty um, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely like feel it. for your parents. <laughs> um, and then, so you studied in Scotland for a, uh, for a bit. That's awesome. Um, where, in, where in Scotland did you study? I studied at the Robert Gordon University in Aberdeen. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of Scotland? I guess it was very different from uh, where you live in the US. <laughs> yeah, definitely different, but I absolutely loved it. I even loved the rain. You even loved the rain? Okay, that's an, that's an answer I can't accept. I'm sorry. It just makes me happy. It's calming. I love it. <laughs> oh, I was so sure about that. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of rain, to be honest. Um, but it does rain a lot in Scotland, so I guess you just have to kind of appreciate it uh while you're there yeah for sure um and so you love traveling europe so come on tell me what are the best trips you've done in europe uh, i so when i was there i was able to go to eight different countries so all of them were my favorite but <laughs> <laughs> um 
I, one of the trips that I like actually planned out was a trip during the January break that I had. And it was going to Prague, Vienna and Budapest on like a six day trip. It took a lot of planning because I didn't want to travel those countries alone. So I had to like recruit people to travel with me and figure out how we were going to get everywhere. And it was seriously probably the best trip that I did though. It was probably my favorite place that I've traveled like those three combined. Awesome. And oh, I'm so jealous because I was hoping to do that this year, but then, you know, big old Corona's ruined that plan. Um, So I am slightly jealous that you've, that you've uh, done those three. (laughs) Um, So you saying um, that you, you went with people. So do you usually tend to try and travel with friends? You're not kind of, you don't like to travel alone or you do? Yeah, I think it just depends. Like, Anywhere in the U.S., I'd probably be fine traveling alone, but I think it's just because it's more familiar, Um, you know, with the exception of, like, huge cities. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when I was in Scotland, like, I could do day trips in Scotland by myself. That was fine. Um, But then when I go, like, anywhere else, I feel like I'd rather have someone I travel with. (laughs) Just because, I don't know, I feel like it's a little bit more fun. You kind of get to build the connection with the people you're traveling with. A little bit more too so it was great because I met all of the people that year when I was studying abroad and convinced them by December <laughs> that they should come on a six-day trip with me <laughs> so it was great though I got some really good friends out of it yeah and no, I love that actually um that's something I've done uh, at, at university you know gone on a trip with people that uh, I either barely know or didn't know at all until the trip <laughs> um and you've just become so close to people when you're traveling uh i found is that something that you found as well that you became really close with them in that short amount of time yeah definitely one of my closer friends when i was in aberdeen was a student that was studying from germany but as soon as we went on that trip together we did like two other trips just us because it was so much fun so she was my favorite person to travel with <laughs> oh awesome <laughs> it's always good to find a travel buddy definitely um <laughs> So have you traveled alone at all? You you sounded like you might have done in the US. Yeah, well, um, I guess like my main examples of traveling alone would probably be like I flew over to Scotland for the first time by myself. That was my first international flight. (laughs) So I kind (laughs) of went there, landed in London, figured it out, and then got up to Scotland. And then and just like doing day trips from there are really comfortable for me just because like you, everything's connected there. You can just get on a train and it brings you somewhere, brings you back. So it's just easier. Yeah, definitely. That is one good thing about the UK actually uh, and Europe as well. The, the train networks here are super convenient. Um, so do you think, do you see, I know that's probably a difficult question to ask given the current uh, climate. Uh, and everything that's going on which we'll get into more later but could you see yourself uh going on a more solo adventures in maybe internationally in the future um i don't know i really do like traveling with people so i think it'd be hard to like choose between going by myself and going with someone just because i love like i found specific people that i love traveling with (laughs) i've been on other trips where it's not as great but a few people that I love traveling with and it just makes the experience awesome. Um, But I think like if I was in a situation where I had time to travel and I couldn't get anyone else to go with me, I would still definitely go just because it's totally worth going there and exploring by yourself. 
Yes, I love that answer. Uh, exactly. Uh, I think you uh, you put that very well. <laughs> um, and I'm curious, when you were traveling in Europe, did you stay in any hostels? I did not. Oh. Uh, we- <laughs> Got to try the hostels, trust me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I definitely, I plan on trying it the next time that I go over there, but... Uh, yeah, and they're, honestly, they're so they're such great ways to meet people, um, especially if you. It does turn out that you're on your own um, because you couldn't find anyone else to go with. So definitely uh, keep an open mind on the hostels, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I definitely encourage you to to try one at some <laughs> point. I will try one. I will not tell my mom because I don't think she would think that would be the safest thing. See <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how it goes. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, Mom, if you're listening, stop listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> press pause. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I can appreciate that, uh, especially, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, especially if you haven't um, been to that country before and um, you're traveling there on your own for the first time. I get it can be very scary and that staying in a room with a full of strangers could also uh, add to that. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. angst so no that, that's uh i totally get that um and for the sounds of it from when you were talking about your prague vienna budapest trip uh you do quite a lot of planning for your trips so take us through that process you know how do you plan your trips um is there any specific apps you use or websites um you know anyone listening might uh, get some real value from any tips or tricks that you you have up your sleeve yeah, for sure. I researching travel is probably one of my favorite pastime activities because you can literally do it as much as you want. So I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the inspiration for the Prague, Vienna, and Budapest Budapest trip um, was from a blog that I had read from someone else who was kind of from that area, and they were just talking about how they could drive to the places. And I was like, "Wow, this seems like an amazing place to go." But then I kind of had to do some more research of like getting there and not driving because I wasn't going to be driving in those countries. But so I find a lot of inspiration from like other bloggers on like, I don't know, like posts that they write about their experiences and what they really enjoyed. And then I kind of find other sources where I can like find more museums to go to or kind of tailor the trip to more things that I would like to do. Um, So a lot of just reading online. Um definitely some Instagram to finding different places like London is one right now where I the first time I went I didn't really enjoy it all that much so I'm trying to find more places to actually like go and enjoy it more the second time around so oh, I've been no I can't have that I'll give you some tips off there don't worry oh that's great <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so I use Instagram as far as like booking travel I use Skyscanner all the time oh yes I love Skyscanner. <laughs> I do that. Um, and I have booked directly through like some specific budget airlines, but that's only when they send me that they have a sale. <laughs> so I work with deals and stuff. Um, as far as places, I've used Airbnb a lot. Um, that's probably my favorite to choose from because I don't really, I feel like you don't get as much of like the culture if you're staying in a hotel. I don't know. So I try and choose like unique places to stay. So definitely Airbnb a lot. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. <laughs> um, 
definitely any trip that I do, um, whether it's just like an idea that I'm thinking of in the back of my head, like I always just, I never choose the dates first. I only choose the dates based on when the cheapest flight is <laughs> and then make the rest work. So that's kind of a big tip for me is just being flexible with your flight bookings because you can usually get the trip for a lot cheaper that way. I love that answer. That, that's something that I do as well. I always just kind of plan around um, flight book. Uh, yeah, when the cheapest flights are uh, for sure. And is that how? Uh, is that another way that you kind of decide where to go? If you just see like see like a flash sale, and there's uh, like I don't know. For example, uh, there's like discounted tickets to Rome or something. You'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Rome then. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish that I could do that. Um, with like working, especially like in the beginning of my career right now, you only get like two days vacation or two weeks vacation, like at the most with any job, um, unless you like bargain your way up to three weeks. So it's hard to get like any like European trips and just like go, which is really sad. <laughs> oh yeah, I forget you guys get such little holiday. Yeah, it's it makes me very sad. When I was in Scotland, I took one of my courses was like UK employment law. So I learned like, oh, you guys get a month of vacation to go and do things and see things and be happy and <laughs> live a balanced <laughs> life. And I'm like, wow, why don't I live here? <laughs> it's not all that glamorous, trust me. <laughs> There's definitely some drawbacks. Um, but those are some uh, really good tips um, and insights there. So thank you very much for sharing all of that. And yeah. I, Honestly, the amount of time I've wasted on Skyscanner, just like putting in random flights to random places just to see if I, how much it is, uh, it's, it's probably an, un an unhealthy addiction at this point. <laughs> oh, you know, I remembered one of the things that I use. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Scott's Cheap Flights. Scott's Cheap Flights? No, I haven't. Tell us more about that. It's like an email list that you can sign up for and they'll send you like the cheapest flights that they find on the internet weekly so it'll be like all the places you could fly from and now the ones you can fly to for like the best prices and they just send it to you and uh it's pretty amazing i that was one of the first things that i found and i mean even though i can't book flights like that super often like on a whim i still find it's great because then they show you like all the places that you can go so it's just like a little reminder every week i'm like oh i could be in lisbon i could be <laughs> here you know <laughs> mm, okay that's a good one thank you um i'll definitely have to check that out i love things like that they give you like a a flash deal <laughs> love a bargain <laughs> um awesome so yeah thanks so much for for all that, those great tips uh and insights uh, i hope anyone listening can take some value from that i certainly taken some value from that with the, the mention of that email list so i'm definitely going to check that out so thank you thank you very much yeah uh so next i want to get into quite a deep question let's talk about how travel has changed your life and has changed you as a person oh that is a very in-depth question <laughs> um <laughs> i think that most of my connection to travel is definitely linked to living in Scotland and just being over there and completely living differently from what I was doing in the U.S. And I think a lot of the like want to go and experience different places is 
from that whole year of me comparing like where I was living in the U.S. to like living in Scotland and just things like that. So you notice so many different things and you just kind of get a different perspective on how things could be different or just being able to have that like world view of like everything doesn't have to be the same. Like there are different ways that you can live your life. There are different things that you can do and that doesn't have to be limited to your like reality in one place. So if that makes any sense. <laughs> oh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, uh, I really relate to what you're saying. Um, I mean, one thing that always fascinates me is even just in Europe, but obviously Europe's like not very big at all. <laughs> um, you know, you can go to places like Spain and then Greece and then Italy, and they have such different ways of life to what you get in Scotland or England. Um, and I don't know, it's just find that really fascinating that there's, there are so many different ways of life. Cause that's just in like the radius of like a two and a half, three hour flight away. So if you think about the rest of the world and how big that is, then there's so many different ways to live life for sure. Uh, and that's something that I definitely think about a lot. So no, I, that's a pretty good point to make. And I'm glad you said that. <laughs> and, um, so I love what you're also talking about with living in Scotland and, um, you know, how different it was to the US and it gave you so many different perspectives. One thing I'm really interested in maybe doing at some point um, is, is kind of doing slow travel. So maybe spend like six months in this country and then go to six months to another country, six months to another country. Is that something you've thought about doing? I definitely would if I could. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the dream, being able to move different places and see things. And I, I would love that so much. Um, part of the reason why I loved being in Scotland is because I could do the like country trips that were a little further away. That would have been like insanely long distances traveling from wherever I was in the U.S. for like a week at a time. So I was able to travel so much more just by being that much closer but I could also do like day trips within Scotland and I just saw so much more. So I, I loved being able to live in the other country and then travel from there. So it's definitely something I would want to do in the future. I don't know how possible it is for me, but I'm definitely keeping my options open and staying positive about it. <laughs> I'll keep working on your awesome blog uh, and your Instagram and I'm sure you can get there. You've got some great stuff going. So uh, yeah, just keep working at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I mean, do you have any idea where you'd, countries you'd start with? I'm guessing somewhere in Europe, by the fans of it, you really like Europe. Uh, yeah, I love Europe and it's like one of my life goals is to see all the European countries. So I'm at eight of a large amount of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to go, but I love that. I love that there are so many more places I can see. Um, I actually want to go back and get my master's degree in Scotland again so that I can see more countries, um, but also just because I loved Aberdeen. I loved living there. So I'm hoping to be able to do that within a couple of years is go back and live there again so that I have a whole other year to be able to travel regionally in Europe. No, oh, awesome. Well, yeah, definitely hope you managed to do that. Um, and did you manage to make it down to um, Edinburgh and Glasgow when you were when you were in Scotland? Yes, yeah, I did. I loved Edinburgh. 
<laughs> I thought you might. Yeah, Edinburgh is a really cool city. Um, definitely, definitely want to check out for sure. Uh, cool. So, uh, well, kind of following on from that a bit, where's would you say the best place you have been? Uh, that that's a really hard one because I have <laughs> places that I like for different reasons. Come on. Um, uh, well, yeah, that, that's good. T- tell me all of them. Come on. We've got the time. Um, <laughs> if I had to list like top favorites, it would be Scotland as a whole because I loved it all. So we're just going to link that together as one place. Loved it there. <laughs> um, I really loved Venice. I was only there for six hours and it poured rain the entire time I was there, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back and see more of it, but I loved Venice. Um, and then I really liked Prague and Budapest and just being in like more of Eastern Europe and getting more of that culture, um, like the post-communist culture and how it's affected their economies and just like their culture. I love learning about that history. Um, so a lot of my travels in the future are going to be motivated by that. So I definitely want to see a lot more Eastern European countries. <laughs> definitely recommend uh, going to Poland and go to Warsaw. That's a really great place to go. And they have a lot of uh, influences from uh, the whole communist culture as well uh, in, in Warsaw. So you should definitely, definitely check that out. Yeah, I there are so many places that I want to go in Poland. It'll 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 be a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should definitely take the time. It is a lovely place, um, for sure. Uh, and yeah, I hear I hear I have been to Prague, but I've heard that it it has a very kind of rich history, and a lot of that does come from the communist era. Um, did you get to go? I think there's quite a few quite a few good museums there. Did you get to check any of those out while you were over there? Yeah, definitely. When I was in Prague, we went to the communist, I think it's just called the communist museum. Um, that was a really good one. It was a ton of reading. So probably not the best for kids, <laughs> but I found it so valuable and I loved reading through everything. Um, and we also went to one in Budapest that was the house of terror, I think is what it's called. And that is such a powerful museum. I highly recommend it to anyone that's in Budapest or is going to Budapest. That's probably like my number one recommendation. Do you really think, uh, do you really think that museums really help to help you understand and appreciate the culture of that country more? I, I think it's a combination of researching and learning before you go and seeing museums. Cause I think that museums are a great resource, but if you don't know, like what you're getting into with a museum, you might not find as much value. So with all the travel research that I do, by the time that I'm going there, I know a lot of the details and things because I've been <laughs> some places, but seeing it in the museum is just so powerful, especially like the museum House of Terror. That one is just like so visual and just like the senses that you feel when you're in there are so powerful. So I think that the combination of researching the culture and the history and going to museums is what makes the trip so much more impactful. I love that. That's a good answer. Um, yeah, I'd never really thought about it like that before, but I think I can really hear what you're saying, kind of laying the groundwork beforehand so that you can appreciate the experience and understand it more. Definitely. Uh, I like that answer a lot. Uh, cool. So next I will, want to know what advice 
would you give to someone who's just starting out with travel? You know, but you, you know, you've lived abroad uh, by your, you know, you moved to Scotland by yourself and, you know, you've been to quite a few countries. And so, you know, someone who has done absolutely no traveling at all, but really wants to start, you know, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. So I've definitely had like people message me since starting my blog, which I started in January. So I haven't been doing it like a long, long time. Um, but I've had people message me and they're like, I want to go to all the countries. How do I do that? <laughs> so I love hearing from those people who really know that they want to travel and know that they want to see things. But there's also like, I feel like being from, I'm originally from upper Michigan. So North of Wisconsin, I moved to Wisconsin, but just being from like the Midwest area, I feel like there are a lot of people that don't really consider international travel or just like push it out of the way until their like retirement age where they have like the freedom of time to be able to do that. And I just think a lot of people only think about what's in front of them here. And I think that if they like took the chance and took the dive to go somewhere else and just be there for a week, I think that they would learn so much and their whole view on like the way they're live, they live their life could drastically change just by being able to experience somewhere else. That's a really good answer again. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's probably quite a problem in the US. Uh, I mean, I know, I think it's like 60% of Americans don't have passports. Is that yeah. something that you really feel when you talk to people, uh, you know, where you're from and, and in the US? Is, is that, and do you always say, are you actively encouraging them to really get out there? Yeah, so I'll start with the passport thing. So I didn't have a passport until like four or five months before I left for Scotland. So I didn't own one at all because I've never been out of the country. Um, so I feel like it's pretty normal not to own a passport because there's so much of like the U.S. that you don't need a passport for. Like if you only wanted to travel the U.S., you could easily do that just by driving. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, if I want to travel, I'll just go to another U.S. state. And they don't really think that it's the best use of their time to fly over somewhere else too so i get i get both sides of it but i definitely encourage people to go see other countries too um i feel like there's something else i was going to say but i forgot it <laughs> <laughs> no worries oh, it's just so weird for me to think about because here like everyone has a passport you have a passport basically said from when you're born <laughs> um I mean, what do you guys do when you need to show ID for things? Like, there's loads of stuff here that they, you have to show a passport for like, when you're applying for a job or trying to rent a, a, like a, a, an apartment or a house. Like, what do you do instead? Yeah, you actually don't need it. So you can use your driver's license and your birth certificate if you don't have a passport. So it's like you just show those two things instead of your one passport, and that's fine. Really? <laughs> so it kind of made it really easy just to be like, oh, I don't have a passport, but here are my other identification. Oh, that's interesting see i reckon if i said that to someone in the uk they'd be like what <laughs> what are you talking about just show me your passport yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's definitely uh very different um but i'm glad that you're on the ground trying to convince more people to get into traveling <laughs> definitely <am. laughs> awesome awesome uh okay so now another kind of more serious topic obviously coronavirus COVID-19 is just the world's kind of you know on fire right now <laughs> everything's kind of a disaster um 
But I mean, so firstly, you know, how how have you been doing uh, during quarantine and and all that stuff? You know, how's it been in your area uh, in Wisconsin? Tell us about how you how how it's been for you. So it's interesting. Um, (laughs) At the (laughs) beginning, our uh, governor issued like a stay at home order. So the whole state of Wisconsin was basically told, stay at home, you'll be safer at home everything will be fine. It'll pass essentially was like the whole view of it. Like as long as you listen to the rules and you're safe, it'll be fine. Um, And then probably I want to say like a month later or something. So like overnight when he passed that order, it was just like everyone stayed home. Like they were working from home or they just weren't going to work. Like everyone followed the rules in the beginning. And then there started to be like some talk about how it was unconstitutional for the governor to order this and how it was like hurting our economy. And so there were a lot of different political views in the U.S. that were kind of like tearing that apart. So they're thinking like, is it better to keep everyone like publicly safe when it only affects one to two percent, like, you know, one to two percent people die from it? Or like do we risk the long-term factors of like economic growth and things like that just everything of our economy collapsing because with the U.S. being full-on like capitalism that's definitely always a worry here so it um when that started to happen people basically the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that it was unconstitutional for him to order that so then like overnight everything opened again so we went from having everything closed for like a month and everyone like doing everything they were supposed to be doing and then everything just being open the next day so it's (laughs) that must have been confusing (laughs) yeah it definitely is because it was like everything just shut down there was nothing going on you were just staying at home doing what you had to do and then all of a sudden everyone's like oh i miss going out to the bars and doing things like that so it just it's i think it'll be a while before it gets better here specifically because of that um, so I, I'm just waiting patiently and thinking of travel to pass the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good pastime. But I mean, how, how have you been holding up? Have you been working from home or have you, uh, are you having to go back into work now because the governor's been kind of yeah, pushed aside? So I actually left my job right before, like three days before the quarantine, because I was ready to go to a different position. And then that position never happened. So Ooh, I have I'm sorry. find a job for a few months now. So it's been very frustrating from that point of view, because I'll be like applying to jobs and interviewing, and then they'll all of a sudden be like, oh, we're actually gonna put this position on hold for a little while longer because they're not working like in the office. So it's been really frustrating because I've been so close. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, never mind. We're gonna wait a little bit longer. So been a little bit of a roller coaster there but just been pouring all my energy into the blog <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry that definitely sounds frustrating and i'm sure there's probably quite a few li- people listening who are going through something similar um not, not even just in the u.s that kind of, from the stories i've heard in the uk and europe you know it, it's happening here too uh with jobs being pulled and so yeah i definitely feel for you right now uh having to go through that so uh, try to stay positive <laughs> and uh yeah i mean your blog is t- certainly uh pretty awesome so far from the bits i've read so definitely keep working on that as well 
Yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you're reading it. It's so nice <laughs> to hear when people read it. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, hopefully a few more people listening to the podcast will uh, swing by and, and give it a read as well. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully you can get a few more readers. <laughs> uh, so how are you feeling towards travel, you know, in this kind of crazy world? Because I mean, it doesn't look like this is really going any, going anywhere anytime soon. So are you kind of fully prepared to just travel with COVID around or are you going to wait to see what happens or wait till hopefully things get better? Like what's your mindset right now? Um, I actually had a friend send me like an Instagram post about where U.S. citizens were allowed to travel. And there were like maybe five countries. <laughs> I was like, okay, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just, the viewpoint that I'm going with is just indefinitely hopeful that I'll be able to travel somewhere very soon. Um, I had a trip planned for October to go back to scotland and just kind of visit some friends and things from over there and i the sooner that it gets i don't think it'll happen uh, i have a countdown going on my phone and it's like oh 60 days until that trip i'm not going to be able to go on <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just i'm hopeful um i definitely it's kind of a tough subject because um so I personally have asthma and I know that that makes me like at more risk for catching COVID-19 and the symptoms being worse, um, which isn't something I talk about a lot, but I know that I am like at higher risk. So it's not necessarily super smart to travel with it, but I feel like if you're taking the right precautions, like you can reduce that risk by so much that if I was traveling, maybe I would just change some of the things that I was doing um, and just kind of change my plans. So I know it's a little bit safer. Um, that or just wait for the vaccine, which hopefully will come soon enough. Um, but yeah, hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, you know, a vaccine could still be quite far away and it might not even yeah. be foolproof. Like, um, you know, loads of people have to have flu jabs, oh, sorry, flu uh, injections every year. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. The last time I said jabs in front of an American, they were like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, it's just what we call injections here. Um, so yeah, a lot, loads of people here have to have injections every year for the flu. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I have like absolutely zero medical knowledge. So <laughs> take everything I was saying with a pinch of salt, but you know, a vaccine might not be foolproof. So, yeah. you know, um, you might just kind of have to accept the risk, but as you say, just do what you can to try and, you know kind of minimize it as much as possible when you are traveling i mean are you more thinking of maybe doing a domestic trip first before going international uh so staying in the u.s or yeah. are you like i'm so fed up with the u.s get me out of here <laughs> um i try not to share that viewpoint because apparently other people in the u.s don't like that i have that view <laughs> <laughs> I try not to show that. <laughs> uh, but for the US, I like right now it's a trend to be like going to the national parks and kind of getting back to nature a little bit more. So there have been at first, like when the quarantine started, there wasn't there weren't any parks that were open. And now like all of these parks have kind of opened up throughout. So a lot of people have just been like taking trips like into the mountains or into the deserts and things. So seeing a little bit more of like the natural side of travel or nature side of travel versus like city travel. 
Um, so I'm definitely a fan of that. Um, we actually did a road trip uh, to South Dakota to see like Mount Rushmore and the Badlands National Park. So we did do that a couple, I think it's been a month and a half or two months ago. Um, and we just did a road trip and stayed away from everyone. So I feel like there are definitely different ways that you can travel that keeps you safer. Um, but I've seen a lot of people kind of going back to hiking and more things outdoors that they can kind of be distanced a little bit better. Yeah, I've definitely seen that as well. Um, and hiking in the national national parks, that sounds like a pretty awesome uh, experience. That definitely, from what I've seen, there's some beautiful um, national parks in the US. Uh, so I think that's definitely a good way to go for now. Yeah, definitely. And there's just, there's so much to see. And I mean, depending where you are in the US, you might be a few hours away from one. Um, our trip out to South Dakota was... 14 hours or something <laughs> to get to our final point so it, it, they can be really long, long drives but like even drive that we did we got there and i was like this is completely worth it like this is gorgeous we couldn't see any kind of scenery like this where we were in wisconsin so i feel like you kind of have to weigh the driving with what you're seeing <laughs> mm. but it's been worth it for me so far that's good and by the sounds of it everything with your south dakota trip it all went fine you didn't really encounter anyone no, no, we didn't. We did a lot of hiking. Um, when we went to Mount Rushmore, which is like our monument with the presidents and the rocks, and a lot of people don't really know what it is, but <laughs> uh, that was really crowded and I didn't expect it to be crowded. Um, so we made that a quick stop. I was like, oh, there are a lot of people here. Let's uh, take some pictures and get out of here. <laughs> that was the only one that was a little bit crowded. That kind of made me like, I don't know, just want to be a little bit further away from people. And for the most part, people were wearing masks and like trying to stay there since, but there were just a few that were not. And I was like, oh, no, let's get out of here. Yeah, it only takes a few to kind of ruin it and make you yeah. feel unsafe. Yeah, that's always a shame. Um, but what about flying? Like, have you thought at all about flying with this? Or are you just kind of, um, you know, I've asked this to quite a few people and some people are like, oh yeah, be, I'm willing to do it, you know, because everyone will be wearing masks. But other people are like, I can't imagine flying anywhere right now ever. So how are you, how are you feeling towards flying? Yeah, I think I have mixed feelings. I don't know. I feel like every article you read, it's either, oh, planes are really safe. Look at their filtration systems. And the other one's like, oh, look at how dirty their filtration systems are. So it's like, <laughs> you don't know how safe you are with the air. Um, so I just kind of stop reading that. Um, but I feel like if you're wearing a mask, I don't know, I'd be willing to do it if by any chance we can go on our trip to Scotland and we had to wear a mask. That's like an eight hour flight over to London and then another flight up to Scotland that'd be a long flight to wear a mask for, but I'd probably do it just so that I could be in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, um, this is something I talked about on an, another podcast recently, uh, but you know, it's definitely important to wear your mask uh, when traveling, but it is, I mean, they're, they're not very comfortable to wear <laughs> and doing it for such long in a transatlantic flights is definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, and, you know, for some people it might kind of, be a deal breaker not because they don't want to wear the mask uh but just because it's just not very comfortable um it's gonna make an eight hour flight even even more uncomfortable yeah uh so yeah it's definitely a lot to consider and you know you talked a lot about earlier in the podcast about doing research and obviously now there's so much more to research 
um you know if you're going in, if you're going internationally you have to think about are, do you are there quarantine rules or i mean firstly are the borders even open and yeah. they are are there quarantine rules and then you know you have to think about all the different regulations um in each different country you would visit or even different regions um in those countries um and i guess even for you like each state is kind of in the u.s has dealt with this differently so you know when yeah. you were going to south dakota were you thinking like oh oh man what what are the regular you know what's going on there do we you know obviously you have to follow the rules of where you are so were you like oh man we got we got to research what's going on yeah we basically before we went i researched every single place that we'd be stopping so every national park every like visitor center thing i looked at every single one saw what was open what the like rules were what were they were gonna like let us do um and we basically took the chance of going there knowing that like a lot of visitor centers would be closed and things like that so we were just kind of like well it's either go now and be able to see some things or not go and not see anything so it was kind of i feel like even if they are updating sites and everything they're still not going to be the most up-to-date because like we got to Mount Rushmore and they even had like the one hiking trail that we wanted to do was closed. So I, there's just a lot of things that are changing. So even the amount of research that you do is still going to change by the time that you get there. So I definitely recommend doing all the research, but just be prepared to know that there are going to be more things closed or, you know, different changes that you might not expect. So. Mm, Definitely. But I mean, are you are you feeling overwhelmed by all, all the research now, or do you think if you were to plan a trip somewhere else, whether that domestic or international, that you'd be able to handle, uh, and you'd be up for doing all that research? Yeah, um, since the research is my favorite part, <laughs> uh, <laughs> even with the unique research that I'll have to do now. Um, I feel like it's not as much of an issue because I know why I want to go there. Like I know. I want to go there to eat this specific thing and try this or go to this museum. So all of my reasons are stronger than me not wanting to do the research, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I mean, we've all just got to do it, I suppppose uh, <laughs> if we want to go anywhere, but I, I get I mean, I could understand if it, it could be quite kind of overwhelming, uh, given how much research <laughs> is probably required at the moment. Uh, so yeah I just wanted to get your perspective on it Um, so yeah thank you thank you for sharing that Um, awesome so I mean is there anything else uh, that um, you want to talk about that we haven't any topics thing we haven't touched on so far Um, oh I remember what I was going to say earlier (laughs) When I couldn't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Americans, like, not wanting to go over and do international trips and things. Um, I think another reason for that is they just think that it's, like, too expensive for, like, the middle class. Thinks that it's just, like, you could spend your money wisely here rather than, like, spend it on a trip somewhere. Um and I think that comes from just people not knowing how they can save money or how they can travel differently to make the most out of their trip. Um, just because they've never done it and they've never done the research into finding those different ways to do that. 
Um, so I think that could be a big part of it too, is just like thinking that it's just out of their price range and just too expensive for people to do, which I traveled on a student budget for <laughs> the entire time I was over there and I, I definitely was able to make it work. Um, so I think that there are a lot of places that you could travel affordably that maybe like people from the U.S. don't really realize or don't think about. So I think that kind of also is another thing that people just kind of build up that wall of not thinking about traveling there after that. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good point. Um, I mean, genuinely, when you're traveling in Europe, it is quite, you know, it's, it's well-priced uh, at the moment. We'll see what happens after Brexit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is, is you know, if me being from, from London in the UK, you know, if I want to go somewhere in Europe, it's usually fairly on the cheaper side. Um, but I think that's also kind of relatable here. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people here who, who want to go to the US, but, you know, are worried it's going to cost too much. Um, and I think, I kind of hear what you're saying, you know, I think people think about it the wrong way. You know, you don't have to stay, <laughs> go and stay in fancy hotels and um, go out to five-star restaurants every night. You know, you, you can make some sacrifices here and there. Uh, in order to stretch your budget further, which it sounds like you have quite a lot of experience doing uh, from traveling in Scotland and Europe on a student budget. Um, so, yeah, it's, def it's definitely possible. Um, you just have to be willing to, to, make, to make some sacrifices. Uh, is, that, is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, definitely. Um... I also think like the difference is to the flights to get from like US to like any country in Europe. If you don't know how to find cheaper flights, those flights can be just like a thousand dollars for a round trip. And that's not really something that people plan for. So if they start looking at a trip and they're like, oh, I'm going to go look at plane tickets and they see that cost, they're immediately like, nope, can't do that. <laughs> so I feel like there's different especially depending on where you're flying from in the U.S. because like flying within the U.S. is not not cheap at all. You Sometimes you can find deals but very rarely do you have like good deals. Where I found when I was booking flights in Europe the prices were just so much more affordable to be able to go to different countries whereas here like if you want to travel somewhere in the U.S. it's mostly you're driving it. So I feel like there's that difference too so maybe that kind of goes both ways with people not knowing kind of like how to travel in the u.s and then in europe too so if that makes any sense yeah no definitely um but i think that kind of comes back to what, what you were speaking about earlier with you know try and be as flexible as you can around when the cheapest flights are don't just kind of set dates and then try and fit it into there because then it's probably going to end up being more expensive um so no i think that that definitely makes sense cool so uh coming to a close now sarah uh i always like to ask um my guests you know uh where are you going next where would the next country or state uh be for you ah uh, fingers crossed um it will be scotland in october but i kind of don't think that one's gonna happen <laughs> oh yes you'll trip to scotland um, of course other than that, if I was going to travel around the U.S., it would probably only be like a trip to my parents or something in upper Michigan. So just stayed away, but probably no other big plans. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's really hard to kind of plan anything right now. Um, I definitely feel that, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for you. I've got my fingers crossed that you can make it to Scotland <laughs> in October. Um, I mean, from what this has taught me is that things, especially what you were saying with um, everything in Wisconsin, like literally changing overnight with ev- them opening up again, uh, you know, anything can change very quickly uh in this kind of situation so i think there there is there is some hope there for you i think yeah uh so yeah i definitely hope that you can make it over um awesome so thank you so much uh for speaking to us today sarah i've had a great time having a chat with you Uh, could you tell everyone uh your instagram and blog again one more time so that they can all go and follow you yeah definitely So I write the creative and ambitious blog, which you can find online at creativeandambitious.com or on Instagram as creativeandambitious. And it's the word and instead of the symbol. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. And yes, everyone definitely go check uh, Sarah out uh, there and because she's got some amazing content for, for your, for all you fellow travelers to, to consume. So thank you very much, Sarah. And, um, Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.